Welcome. You are listening to Bookalicious with me, Paul Jarrett, Gwen Marshman, Laura Edwards, and occasionally Holly Thorpe. We'll be talking everything to do with books, reading, writing. And uh, our new season, we are introducing features like Book of the Month, spotlights on classic authors, uh, highlighting particular libraries, bookshops, and even some other book podcasts. So if you love books, you're in the right place. This is a podcast to open your mind. So, you uh, and I spoke, well, it was uh, a while ago, wasn't it, when Let Me Take You by the Hand came out. So, that was, uh, we did an interview, and for a while, we, you were the top performing uh, Bookalicious podcast episode. Almost. <laughs> don't get too excited. We, we don't have millions of listeners, but, you know, you, 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 we, we, we did. Um, and I hope we, we did our little bit to promote uh, Let Me Take You by the Hand. How, how did it go? Because that was it was a difficult time to release a book wasn't it in the middle yeah, of COVID. I mean, frankly it, was, it has been disappointing because I wasn't able to have a launch I mean there was some good publicity around the time it came out but you know the, the kind of continuing um exposure just wasn't there because we weren't allowed to have these these gatherings um the paperback came out um last year you know it's selling and people people really like it um and I, I met a construction worker the other day who talked about how he loved walking the streets of London I told him about the book and he said I'm going to buy it and I you know I didn't believe him and then I met him some weeks later he said I'm halfway through oh, you know it's really lovely so there's a yeah, yeah word of mouth word of, yeah. yeah and 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 it got launched in America as well am I right in thinking well it got it got shipped to America and oh, uh, right. <laughs> That was uh, that was delayed. Uh, freight was delayed for weeks, so people who had ordered it, you know, had to wait a long time. Now that was all a bit of a damp squib, but you know, I hope it'll continue to sell. Yeah. Okay. Well, with um, with, with this show, we put up a, a bookshelf on bookshop.org, so uh, I'll put a link in there to all, all the books we talk about today, um, so everyone can Thank rush you. off and buy a copy if they've not already done so. And I do notice, in you know, having been to London a few times more recently, um, that a lot of the bookshops do stock it in London. It's definitely there. It's definitely present. So. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's at the British Library Bookshop and, and Waterstones. And... OK, we'll rush out and buy that. But that's not what we're here to talk about today, is it? Uh, so um, coming out uh, later this month, you've got uh, uh, another novel. Um, this is your third novel. Is that right, Jennifer? Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, and this shall be my dancing day. Well, you, you asked me a question, and it seemed like a very long time ago, about um, librarians. And you were, you were quite um, cautious about telling me too much because you had an idea. So maybe tell us a little bit 
about the book um, and then maybe we can talk about that conversation. Okay. Um, the book, yes, I'm always cautious about saying too much about a novel because uh, the way I write, I try to let um, things reveal themselves gradually and I, I never like it if too much is said before people read it. But essentially it's, um, it's about two very different women uh, who come together through very unexpectedly through loss and through a need to take some kind of action against injustice and that their sort of the nervousness about how far to go. Um, so that's essentially what it's about. It's, it's, it's about contemporary ethical choices and love and loss. Okay. And, and the uh, character who you were sounding me out about is Emma, um, who's uh, uh, very much um, a librarian of the old school. And I think you came to me to sort of uh, see if uh, you could get a flavour for what that kind of librarian would be. Um, I don't know. I, I can't. I, I think maybe <laughs> some of the things we talked about have come out in her, but she she works for this because I, I, I do empathise with it because I, I worked um, for the Zoological Society of London for my first job, um, which is uh, London Zoo, but it's actually got this group of um, members, which is very like uh, the, Inst is it the Institute of Classical Studies that Emma works for, or something like that. She, she, yeah. she has this group of mainly older men who are uh, obsessed with classical studies, and as she is, and she's a librarian. I said, yeah, you, you, I think you pitched it just right, may I say. Oh, I'm very glad, yes. I mean, it's really interesting, the research that one ends up doing, um, often quite unexpected, um, in order to, yeah, in order to get things authentic and, and right, factually correct and so on, yes. Uh, so from just the creative process, you obviously had that idea. Do, do, do your characters, like Emma, um, kind of walk in on you? I know some writers have said to me, um, I was talking to Ellie Griffiths a couple of years ago, the crime writer, and she said her uh, character, Ruth Galloway, actually walked almost like a spiritual experience. She walked in mist on the beaches in, in, in uh, Norfolk. And um, Ruth Galloway sort of revealed herself to her. Um, well, well, I, have... I have to say, I, I love those books. Yes, right. Yes, they're brilliant yeah. books. We'll put them yeah. on the bookshelf. Yeah, yes. <laughs> she, she, she uh, uh, yes, yeah, she's just come to the end of the series, or that's what she says. We'll see. But uh, yeah, so how, how is it for you? Well, my novels, so there are three of them, um, are always completely unexpected. I don't set out to write a novel, something happens. Uh, I see something. Hmm. Um, I have I have an image, and in this case, the image was of um, it, it, it was it was seeing one of those um, flower memorials to people who've died. You know, where there's a bunch of flowers uh, on a railing or you know by the roadside or whatever. And I suppose I I often wonder what the story is behind that, and who it was who died and who put it there. And that's what started this off. Um, so I had this, this notion of, of a bunch of flowers, uh, in this case, 
handpicked, not not a bouquet. And um, and then I had to think about who it was who saw it. Um, and I thought it would be somebody cycling past this because it, it's attached to a door handle and a very dark and dingy place. And I don't remember how the idea of Emma came to me, um, but it was thinking about her journey, where she was going to and from, and and, and what, what her life was. Characters absolutely lead the way. You know, the characters come to me and they tell, tell me what the story is. I mean, I don't start off with a plot. Um, right. it, it reveals itself. Yeah, okay. So that, 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 that's interesting. So you're, you're not a Dickensian planner in, in that sense? Absolutely not. No, and I, I actually think that comes across. I think um, you uh, you get the flow in the novel. It it it, it really it, it really moves quite quickly. It's not a long book, um, but it, uh, yes, you do want to know what happened. Have a question. It intrigues me because you could have gone in a different direction. You have that idea uh, or that image of you know someone's died here that uh, and there's a memorial and were you tempted so there's a mystery at the heart of the novel isn't there which we won't reveal because um but were you tempted to go down that path of not murder mystery but a crime crime novel because I know you like crime novels don't you I do it's my main reading no I mean first of all it wouldn't have been my decision it would have revealed itself but um <laughs> No, I think I think I think it's because it's the relationship between the characters that means most to me, um, and the development of individual characters. I mean, it's interesting you should ask that question because I've had in mind a murder mystery, and I'm actually working on it at the moment. Oh, but great! It, but but. But and maybe a series, haha. But anyway, it <laughs> it it's being slightly resistant to being a murder mystery. It's it's the characters are taking over. So anyway, um, no, I wasn't um, to answer your question. I, I wasn't tempted to turn it into a murder mystery. But I think all novels for me, you know, they have have some drama, some tension at the centre of them. Um, it's important to me that it's a page turner. I think storytelling is one of the most underrated qualities in writing. I, re I realised recently that I, I hear, hear the, what I'm writing in my head. There's, there's a music, there's a, a rhythm, um, a, a momentum, and it, it matters that um, there, is, there is a tension, that it reveals itself slowly and that it, it gets somewhere. Uh, that, yeah, that... that it... That sounds very straightforward and, and what should be at the heart of all fiction, but <laughs> it, it sadly isn't sometimes, is it? I I, uh, um, I read a lot of books uh, and, well, you must have read, because you, your your career was basically reading, wasn't it? I mean, you, were, you, you must have read a lot of books that probably never saw the light of day and a lot that did. Um, do, do you think that that element certainly within fiction of storytelling has diminished over the years i don't know i mean frankly i'm rather ashamed to say i don't read very much anymore i mean i don't read much serious fiction anymore although uh, some crime novels are serious fiction louise penny i would say is so i'm not really very very up to date you know when i was thinking about who my favorite authors might be and certainly there isn't one um I mean, in the past, 
you know, I would have said uh, George, George Eliot and Jane Austen, and um, I think Jane Austen probably still is. But you know, it's it's and, and a lot of the, a lot of the books that that I read that you know a, a, an author called Paul Wilson, whom I used to represent, who I think writes beautiful novels. So I don't know. I mean, I think I learned about storytelling when I worked for a women's magazine and mm. and was buying buying fiction for a women's magazine, um, and I had a lot of snobbery around it. Um, and then realised that the storytelling element was present in whether you were talking about uh, a Mills and Boone or whether you were talking about um, a wonderful feminine, you know, Doris Lessing or something. So um, I I don't know is the answer. I, I'm, I'm not sufficiently au fait with current trends. Ne- never diss um, women's magazines. Um, I, I, I think they're, they're still quite powerful, I think, in, in that storytelling um, mode but um, you've written I'm probably going to get this wrong um, you've written three novels we got I got that right and you and I have talked about those uh, before uh, on the podcast but you've also produced 10 works of non-fiction and I'm interested to know whether um, the process of writing non-fiction and uh, fiction how is it for you is it very very different Pretty different. I mean, there's an element of unknowingness um, in all of it. Um, but nonfiction, I tend to have a clearer sense of um, the subject matter, um, not necessarily the structure, but um, it, it depends on the kind of nonfiction. Um, but with, with fiction, uh, it's a blank page, apart mm. from the one thing that starts it off. So um, I do write quickly in both cases. Um, and there has to be research in both cases of different differing kinds. But I think the main difference with fiction is that there's so much unconscious in it. Mm. You know, I had I always knew theoretically that characters led the way, but I had no idea of the extent to which the detritus of my life would appear in <laughs> in the details of what I wrote. And, and you know, with nonfiction, I think it is a more conscious process. Yes, interesting, interesting. Do you find your characters from, from your novels, um, once, once you've written um, the novel, have you put them to bed or do they still lurk there? I think I've put them to bed. I mean, I've got affection. I've got affection for them. Yes. Um, but uh, no, I think they've done their job really. Um, <laughs> and I and I'm too keen to to be involved in the next one. I don't really feel fully alive unless I'm writing. Oh wow, that's uh, yeah. So is that so? Do you? have a routine I mean is it something for you that you have to get up at five o'clock in the morning and and write 3,000 words before breakfast like Trollope used to? No absolutely not the opposite in fact I learned a lesson because in my 30s um, I wanted to have written a novel and I thought right I'm going to sit down in this particular place at certain time I'm going to write 5,000 words or whatever it is or 500 words or whatever it was and I wrote this novel and it was appalling. I mean, there was, I didn't have anything to say. I wanted to have written a novel. So I'm quite a disciplined person and I have to throw discipline out of the window and allow the spirit to move. And mm. um, 
I write in the middle of the night. I write walking down, uh, when I'm walking in the park, I always have a notebook with me um, and I scribble. Um, and sometimes I have a completely fallow day. I mean, not just writing, you know, things don't work out, things like that. And the next day I'll wake up four in the morning and scribble and scribble and scribble. And, you know, I, and I don't turn on the lights. I don't want to wake up too much. So I have a torch and, and my notebook and I scribble. Then I put it down and thought, right, I'm asleep now. No, no, I've got to write anyway. It goes on like that for about half an hour or so. And then I, you know, I put it on the computer the next day or whatever. Um, but no, I've learned not, not to have, uh, a process, a pattern. I've, I've learned to let it rule me, really. So, um, and then, okay, so you, you produce your first draft. Um, <laughs> given your career, uh, <laughs> um, how, how do you feel about um, rewriting, editing, um, taking suggestions? Is, is that easy for you? Is that an easy process? Or do you um, do you actually uh, really resist it? Well, first of all, um, I although I used to sell a lot of books on, on um, outline and a chapter or two, I've never done that myself. I've always finished my books and then submitted them. And fortunately, the, publish, fortunately, the publisher uh, who publishes my fiction, uh, John Hunt, um, I've, I've never wanted to change very much. And I don't write a first draft. I write and rewrite and rewrite all the time. And I don't write sequentially. I, you know, I write those chunks when they come and I then put it together. And then I go over and over and over and over. I mean, change words, change punctuation. So there isn't a kind of first and second draft. It, you know, it, it, it evolves. Um, as for taking, I mean, the, the, with Let Me Take You By The Hand, there was quite a lot of editorial suggestion is polite. Um, and um, I found it difficult. I did, find, mm. I did find it difficult. And some of it was wrong, and I pointed it out. But some, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, like grammatically wrong. Um, but some of it, yes, I, I, I had to accept it. And, and I'm delighted if people can, can improve it. It's just, you know, there's a certain arrogance about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but you, 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 um, you're open to listening. That's, I think, that's the key. I've met a, a lot of, uh, let's <clears> say, uh, self-published authors who, you know, this is their magnum opus, and they can't. That this is, it's go, that's going to go out, whatever, you know, because that's their thing. But you, you obviously, you obviously listen and assimilate, and and it's interesting. You say you've got that constant redrafting already going on um, yeah. as part of the process. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's just go back to the book because I, I wanted to uh, just quote um, from the cover. Not, I, I have to confess, um, everyone listening to this, that you will see my name on, uh, in in the book, um, or not in the book, um, as uh, uh, with a comment. So I I am biased because um, I really I really enjoyed the book, and and this is my second reading of it before we came to this interview and uh, I enjoyed it even more the second time round. so it's one of those books that I don't reread very often and so uh, mm -hmm. I, I really uh, valued that but I wanted to quote um, uh, well our friend and poet uh, Philip Gross and he says uh, uh, 
suggests, you know, your book suggests that the courage to take risks can open the door to new life. Now, you and I are both Quakers, and living adventurously is really uh, one of the key, well, for me, is one of the key threads. Is that something that, obviously, Emma, uh, as a character, is quite resistant to change? She, she's got her world. And was this one of the um, things that is really important in the book? It's at the heart of the book. Uh, is, for you, was that what... Not that you wanted to get a message over, but that 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 seems to be what I've taken away from it as well. Well, I think change is difficult. I think we all struggle with it. I, you know, mm -hmm. it, it can be very, very challenging. But I do know from my own life that um, when my life changed significantly, uh, it was a lot richer as a result. But it wasn't necessarily something that I would have welcomed at the time. And I think Emma is in that that sort of situation. And when I was thinking about this novel and, and indeed the other novels, um, I realized that they all had something in common. Uh, and, and it's about that need for a sense of purpose um, and, and, and a moving from maybe quite an isolated place, but certainly quite a stuck place uh, into something richer and more involved with other people. And I decided, uh, I'm on Facebook, and I decided to have a Facebook page for the fiction. And I called it, And the Way Opens, because mm. I think that that is what all of them have in common, is this sense of a way opening to um, a more significant life. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yes, that definitely comes across in all three of the books. So yeah, I, 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 I get that. and. Um... Well, it's fair to say that actually uh, Quakers have a brief appearance in the uh, uh, in this in this novel, don't they? I mean, um, yes, uh, as Emma's sister Denise, it's Denise, isn't it? Uh, Denise and her family are very much the um, uh, left of centre uh, protesters, and I'm sure you and I have known quite a lot of people like that over the years. Uh, I love that this sort of <laughs> slightly dysfunctional family that. Not slightly dysfunctional, and I, I love the fact that you gave the, this doesn't give anything away, but the, you gave the door the daughter goes off to become a policewoman, which is the opposite to, to where they come from. But I can't say any more because we'll give too much away of the end, won't we? But uh, yeah, yeah, I really love that, Jennifer. Um, so um, I've um, I, I, I could I talk to you uh, about the process of writing and, and this novel all day i think uh we we should i just urge everyone to go out and, and buy it um so it's, it's it's out at the end of the month and uh i hope it does really well i think it's uh it's it's a little gem it really is uh oh, I, I, it's a bit like uh choosing um, your favorite child but actually i think out of the three novels so far i think i've enjoyed this one the most so um you're on oh. an upward trajectory i'm very glad <laughs> very glad to hear it yes and if you if you were to produce crime fiction jennifer well you you know i uh, i like you read the, the stuff i read for pleasure uh, a lot of the time is is crime fiction so okay so you I'm going to ask you this question. You've already mentioned um, uh, Louise Penny, but uh, um, if, if you had um, just a handful of books 
and uh, you were on your desert island, I mean, what would you take? You know, crime fiction-wise, I'm interested because you do read a lot of crime, don't you? Well, I think I'd probably take a Ruth Galloway. I'd certainly take Louise Penny. Oh, right. um, I love the uh, the crime fiction of the 30s. I mean, Marjorie Allingham, I, I reread re and reread. Um, and um, oh, mine's going P.D. James. I mean, it's the usual suspects, really. Um, yes. I just want, I know that I mentioned that um, I got this inkling about possible crime fiction, but I have actually finished another book since um, this novel, which is out on submission at the moment, um, right. which, which is um, a memoir of my Russian Jewish family. Wow. So it's, it's been a, a very significant, quite a heavy book to write, as you can imagine. Um, yes, yes. My, my grandmother died in the Holocaust and I, I never met her. So um, I had two quite heavy books, Let Me Take You By The Hand, and then I wrote that. And so the idea of crime fiction was that it should be light relief. But I have to say, it hasn't felt very light relief so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Maybe it's like relief to read it, but not to write it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Well, I, I was with a bunch of crime writers just a couple of weekends ago, and I think um, they they probably all agree with you. Even people who've written um, crime fiction as their their main livelihood for, for for many years all seem to get to a point where they really struggle with 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 the book. There seems to be a turning point in in the plot. Um, but uh, so uh, yeah, you were able to tell us the title of the um, uh, the, the memoir coming yeah, out. Yeah, it's it's well, I hope it's coming out. It's with a publisher oh, okay. at the moment. Fingers crossed. Um, it's called Thread of Life, oh, which okay. which is a quote from Tichnut Han. If you look into the palm of your hand, your ancestors are all there. Mm -hmm. It's Thread of Life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, mm. Well, that's uh, uh, that's certainly something to look forward to, and. Um, uh you know the crime fiction in gestation well you know we'll see we'll see uh i, I just look forward to it but uh, what one thing for certain you're not going to be able to stop writing are you i hope i'm not <laughs> <laughs> that's great well um so uh as i said uh and this shall be my dancing day which we've been talking about uh here will be uh, out very shortly around the time this podcast comes out. So um, do, do share uh, this conversation with people that you think uh, may enjoy the book or even people you think ought to read the book. That sounds a bit didactic, doesn't it? But, uh, you know, um, I think good books should be should be shared. So uh, and thank you so much for, for giving me some time today, uh, Jennifer, to, to talk about it. And I hope um, it does really, really well for you. Thank you, Paul. It's been lovely talking to you, as always. Thank you. You've been listening to Bookalicious, not just any book podcast. If you want more information or get our show notes, please go to bookalicious.com. And if you want to send us a message, you can do so on info at bookalicious.com. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, please rate us and do make sure you tell all your friends. Until next time, wish you all happy reading. <laughs>